deepest secrets, concerns of being a black woman, Negro, Hebrew in America. So come and listen to us. Check us out. We are here to serve you. Barakatha. Kahawia. We are mm-hmm. deconstructing the book, The Black Woman's Guide to Understanding the Black Man. That's that green book, y'all. Johnny. And we are at chapter two, Identity. So listen, we was excited for the green book. We ain't know it was a textbook, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't know because we did our due diligence to not peek inside. We was solely focused on the first book and ourselves and correcting the issues that we have and how we show up with our black men. So we didn't even peek inside like how we normally could do. So. Yes. Yes. And I'm glad you said that because that's a reminder to our listeners as we go through the guide for women to understand the black man, we have to also remember the teachings from the previous book and how we show up in relationships. We've had some, of our listeners reach out to us trying to apply some of the tips that we learned in the black women's guide, excuse me, in the black man's guide to understanding the black woman. And we noticed that there has been some confusion as to when to apply these tips. For example, we had sisters that reached out where they have from the story that they share, they have a man totally disrespecting them 
and mistreating them, yet they're trying to apply these tips to maintain a relationship. Please don't get it misconstrued, ladies or brothers listening. If someone is mistreating you and not doing right by you, that is not the person to try to connect with. Mm-hmm. That's the person you're supposed to try to rid your emotions of. As we said, you know, in several episodes, if you do not agree with that black man, let him go. And I don't know if we need to revisit that or kind of go into that, you know, go into that a little bit deeper. Because agreement is not just about, you know, you don't agree on what to eat tonight. You know, not agreeing <laughs> is like, y'all are on two different wavelengths. Y'all are on two different frequencies. He got one thing going on and is, you know, in total chaos compared to what you got going on. That is what we talk about when if you don't agree. Exactly. That black man is not on your path or if you don't, you know what? Not even so much about him not being on your path, but if you don't see yourself getting in line with his path, bounce. Yes. And that's that relationship look like where you're arguing more than you're actually building and talking and sharing. So mm-hmm. if you're it feels like you're pulling teeth to get the person to converse with you or to get the person to show you love, that person is not agreeing with your love language. And that is not the person you practice these tips with. So back to the campaign of masturbating. Honey. <laughs> you may need to get disconnect. Get fingers together. <laughs> it's all in the clip. And learn about yourself because Kahawi and myself, we haven't presented ourselves to be advisors. We were thinking to develop some type of coaching session because we are busy in our respective lives, but we do want to assist the best way we can um, with our listeners in far as just putting out those disclaimers or helping clarify information that may be misunderstood by those listening. We are not therapists. We are not licensed doctors. No, not at all. We're just sharing our true, intimate, honest life experience. We're giving you the raw that you won't get in main media where they sugarcoat and try to make things look appealing or unappealing mm-hmm. just to prove a certain message or thought. We're just giving it to you straight as it is and with the intent to do well. Mm-hmm. So we're not sure how we're going to go about with the coaching and giving advice. Because as Sister Kahawia said, we're not licensed therapists. But we do want to encourage you to continue to do your own research and be honest with self. Because oftentimes when you reach out to seek counsel, whether it be from anybody, you know what it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. You just looking for validation. You know what you want to do and you know what you need to do. Exactly. You just looking for validation. And how do we know that? Because we've been there. Mm-hmm. Hell, some of us be there every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, depending on the situation, but like, this is something that we go through as people so it's not like we just you know telling you something because it sounds good mm-hmm. and no disrespect to the licensed therapists but the ones that i've encountered the only benefit that i was able to retrieve from them from my experience was just the ability to be able to communicate with the person that i had the issue with and also for me to be open and honest with myself about things um mm-hmm. so you know, if you can kind of save some coins 
if you do the work yourself, constantly look into self affirmations. Um, they have, you know, when on my Instagram account, I have everything that is positive. <laughs> so when I need a refresher of information, all of the people that are my friends are putting up information that is positive and that is helpful and that reminds me of my purpose and my worth and where I'm going. Surround yourself mm-hmm. around positive information. Um, this and anybody that you following does not, you know, um, contributing to the lifestyle that you want, you know, that's not contributing to your sane mental health, you know, like um, to your sanity, to your peace. Unfollow their ass. Mm-hmm. I don't care who they is. They be your sister, your mama, your brother, your daddy, whoever it is. If they are not posting things that are contributing to your sanity, you can unfollow them. You know, I'm gonna share this because this I um this sister in my neighborhood, I ran into I haven't seen her in a long time because she just had a baby and she was going to the store with her child and she had a baby strapped on her back and you know he looked so cute. He she would had him nice and warm and well dressed and she looked good and healthy. Her skin was vibrant. She just looked like she was doing well. And I said, sis, you know, you look great. I'm so proud of you. She's a new mom. I know she has some issues with her with her son's father, but they're making it work. And she said, you know what? I learned to disconnect myself from all social media. And to focus on what it is that I want to do. She says she has offline and online um, so appointments for her family and her friends with her phone. She says mm. every day she has a specific time where her, she lets her family know that this is the time you can you can reach me. And if you don't reach me during these times, my phone is off. And I, and I love that she does she put that on, on herself like this is what I this disclaimer is for me I love me this is what I see fit and this is what I'm gonna do and this is what she chose and that's you when you make a decision to do better for you you're going to have a lot of opposing views from people you wouldn't even think would oppose you honey you still have to you move know forward too? with it because even on that note um I um, since you shared that I do want to share um, a good sister friend of mine Lady Luck she is on Instagram she goes live every Saturday with you know positive words you know um, and you know just how to look forward to your future and you know build and grow either yourself and your community and that was part of the topic of what she was sharing today, you know, scheduling your time, schedule time for meditation, schedule time for social media, schedule time for your work, schedule time for cleaning, schedule time for everything, you know, even, you know, just when it comes to your me time, because that is so important because we get so caught up in life and everybody else and everything around us. that A lot of times we don't take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when we don't take care of ourselves, you know, to the point that we're able to fill somebody else's cup. It's like, how are we going to fill from more E? You can't do that. Exactly. That's a good point. That's a good point. So we're going to try to keep giving this, you know, these tips that seem to work for us and the people around us. Lady Luck is, is just as that on Instagram. So she's Lady Luck, but on Instagram, um, she is simple underscore smack underscore Saturday. Okay. Say one more time for the listeners. Simple underscore smack underscore Saturdays. And that's smack like smack your face or smack like to eat? Yeah, like smack your face. Okay. All right. So let's get into chapter two. I am.
So yeah, this is a textbook, guys. <laughs> this is the Shamazad. She talks about the identity of our black man. And she explains that he is quite complicated. And confused. And confused about his life. And she explained that, you know, this confusion happened over the past 50 years. I would say 70 years at this point in time based on the book when it was written. Mm-hmm. She goes in to share how the black man, based on where he lives and his influences by society, it kind of controls his behavior and how he chooses to act among his peers and how he just deals with life in itself. And she and how he's not really too concerned with the source. Yeah. He's more so concerned with the now. So yeah. wherever he is now, that's how he chooses to live based on you know whatever circumstance surrounds him rather than doing his own research and you know putting in his due diligence to figure out from whence he came exactly because if we just focus on what society show us our start is slavery so he doesn't have his memory of his royal bloodline before slavery when we were the educators and the founders of everything that is civilized we developed that and taught the world, but he his memory bank doesn't go that far. He's stuck just focused on what's being given to him today. And unfortunately, this creates a space within him where he's not preserving historical, you know, social ideas, traditions. So every black man is kind of moving on this self-individual identity, whereas like they don't have a specific culture that defines them they're kind of doing their own thing and that that goes against our development as a people because he's supposed to be the leader so if all of our black men are leading in their own way there's not a collective agenda and she pretty much shares and since you brought up culture let's dive into how she defines Mm -hmm. that just a little bit culture serves the purpose of functioning as a moral compass to direct and monitor people to keep them on the right track to preserve their ideas. Yeah. Now, how are you preserving what you don't know exists? Mm. I like that. I mm. like that. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. She said, non-blacks in authority, there are an overly sensitive emotional group, so they derive a short-lived surge of power from talking rough to non-blacks in authority. So she talks about the, the brothers who try to make a stance and and say that they are strong and they are powerful and they can lead the black nation. But it's normally short-lived. They, they mm-hmm. are only able to do what they have been programmed to do by the society that's telling them who they are. Because they're not doing any of the research as we said before. So she said that for the past, what, for all these years, since she pretty much says from 1960s, he has been trained to have like a short-lived power of authority. He just doesn't have any real training on how to function and develop the Black family or himself. And that when someone does have the idea to be strong and and, and want to focus on the, the family, they're considered to be a square or they're not mm-hmm. they're not they're not the one that we actually want to follow 
And that's our biggest problem. Yeah, because everybody want to be cool. Everybody want everybody to be cool. Um, how she said in the last chapter, cool without putting in work. Yeah, cool without putting in work. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was great to... Just for her to show how... Because we have this culture where everything is just about being happy, being cool. It, how does that uplift us as a people? She, like, she puts that in our face like what how are we actually going to improve if this is the culture of us if this is how we move forward she goes on to explain where um how the black man problem really started where the white boys during the vietnam vietnam war she explained they didn't want many of them didn't want to go into war at all they refused it and the, the whole civil rights movement, along with the war, encouraged this whole new ideology of thought. So no one was focused on what happened in the past. Everybody was thinking currently on personal freedoms. Like, if I don't want to fight the war, I don't have to fight the war. If I don't want to, um, it, as a white woman, we're also fighting for freedom. They, if they wanted to work instead of being in the house, that's what they wanted. So we started to blend our problems with theirs. Honey, and so busy trying to damn be equal. Oh, I'm I'm fight for my country too. This is not your country. Yes, this is not your land. This is not your your beginning. Like what? Yeah. And the whole time this is happening in the media, they was pumping the whole Superfly era. You know, mm -hmm. so we were you know we were already confused about our current plight because we're not focused as a group. We're focused as an individual. And then the media is showcasing white concerns and we start taking those concerns as our own and we start doing our own type of vigilancy. She says that we had began in, during the whole situation of people rioting and being in the street trying to fight for their freedoms, we decided to do the whole, do a be a revolutionary model. We started to steal TV sets, stereos, couches, lamps, other items. Um, she explained that black men were constantly just hungry for new ideas. Every black man was just looking for a new way to for a come up. But again, that collective effort was not there. And this is why. And that's what you know. Um, the black men were passing down to their sons. And why we are still in this predicament today. Yeah. So it's like if you are passing on mistakes and not progress, it's going to continue to repeat. Yeah, definitely. Because I like she said that the black man throughout the years, he's he has become emotionally set free. Like he's found a space within him to still feel pride prideful and still be able to be a black man in his own respect. But psychologically, he's not free because he knows some, some things are not right as a collective. And he just doesn't put the time or the effort to really try to figure out how can he unify his people because we operate on such a fragmented state. And that No, he just learned how to feel better about it. Exactly. Which is kind of defeating, you know, when you think of it. So it's like, you're in a situation that you don't know how to fix. You don't know how to control. So you say, well, I tried. Well, I guess I just better find a way to live with it. Like, 
That is what we're talking about. Exactly. She said that, you know, our brothers have this Disney World approach <laughs> with this whole integrated society. It's all about just getting a good job, making a living, and that's it. it the, the national agenda is not there. You know, we're, we just, we're scattered brain. And our F. Always looking for Caucasian accessories. Exactly. So we we don't see progress as a whole. We can't be confused by it anymore because she's saying we've been operating as individuals and not as a unit. And she she lists 10 categories that we tend to follow. You know, before we get into those categories, can I just say how she listed it? <laughs> <laughs> she calls it faulty pie in the sky, promised land misinterpretation. <laughs> If that ain't Disney World, and I'm glad she pointed that out because you know what? In our book, honey, she may seem like we was the only folk in La La Land. And I know I said this in the last episode, but I'm going to reiterate it because we're talking about mm-hmm. identity. We're talking about the black men who are responsible for taking us to higher heights. So I need y'all to hear this clear as day. Yeah. Get up out, wake up, get up out of La La Land. Yep. And let's collectively work together to improve our nation yeah. we gotta do better and it's just it's really just being improving yourself because we don't realize that mm-hmm. I, I mean i notice our power when it comes to language like if when we say i remember when we came up with as a people we, we would say at the end of the day i heard newscasters mm-hmm. saying that <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm like, <laughs> what? And we have that power. It is simply when you when you tend to replicate a certain behavior and idea, it mutates on its own. So when we start fixing up ourselves truthfully, you ain't got to be outside mm-hmm. protesting. You're going to impact the people around you and they're going to mutate as you. And that's when the nation mm-hmm. becomes one. It's not this whole effort of trying to be out there and calling folk and trying to vote and all. No, because all of that is a fucking circus. The circus. That's the Disney World. That's that's the game. Same circus, different climate. Exactly. You have to fix yourself. Fixing yourself fixes your family. So yeah. So the the ten categories. I figured we can just talk about them um, one by one, or how she has it because she has some of them doubled up. So the first one she says is um is the pursuit of education. Because we all the sellout type. Hmm? <laughs> I said the sellout, the sellout type. type. And this is not to say that, you know, having your education makes you a sellout. I'm not saying that by any means necessary. What I'm saying, based on how she describes it, it's the sellout. Yeah. It's the one you know, you are absolutely right. It's the ones that, you know, they get their degree and then they're making the money and they're able to travel and hang out with different groups of people. So then when they encounter their brother that's still sagging and out in the streets and still don't get it, they look at them with their nose up as, oh, they, you know, they had the chance, they had opportunity, they ain't do it. No, our plight is totally different from others. So we're supposed to be able to not look, not look down on each other, but help each other. And and you find a way to do so where you're not destroying yourself. Because unfortunately, our people, the ones that don't know how to work to earn a living, they do tend to pull more, take away than give because that's what they've been trained to do. That's why the, that whole welfare system sometimes is so enabling because they constantly give people who don't have to work. 
So then when they get into a space when they're forced to work, it's like, what the fuck? I ain't working. I've been getting what I needed without working. Exactly. There's no motivation behind it. Like, there's no, you know, true motivation to actually want to work. Because you get all the food stamps. You get all the housing for $25. Mm-hmm. You get everything. So it's like, if you live in your best life and whatever coin you get is yours, it's like, why would you? Yeah. And, and I mean, and we're no better getting the degree and working for white owned businesses where you still mm-hmm. feeding the system. Like, it's like, and, and everyone knows if you really want to empower a family, you teach them how to fish, you don't give them the fish. And education is pretty much keep giving you the fish. They give you a paycheck. They don't put you in a position to not need them. They put you in a position mm-hmm. to need them forever. Where you trying to create 401ks and, and trying to find everything you can so this company can continue to feed you and your family. They never allow you. Which is why the system is set up so that you can, your ass cannot retire until you was well off until you're yeah. 60. So after you spent your entire life basically working you can't retire within their system until they say you Mm -hmm. can and even when you do they only pay you a fraction of what you were making when you were exactly and these and these brothers that tend to just pursue education and they're successful in it in whatever field of study or whatever work they're in they start to believe that they are just a person and they're equal to everybody else, no matter the color. That they, they made, made it. it they somewhere. made it somewhere, and it's, they totally forget about race. And we all know that mm-hmm. race in itself, the propaganda of it, is is totally false. It's not true. However, it is a system that we unfortunately are still under. So how do you navigate through it? And until they get their nigga wake up. That's when they get their nigga wake up call. Exactly. Um, Joint the civil rights industry. So some of our brothers, they decided to go, to go that route, she said. The Martin Luther yeah. King. Well, they, you know, they know how to play on the emotions of the people. They know how to do those speeches and get people all riled up and ready to follow their lead and pay for their leadership. Even though they're not really doing anything. And I personally, I noticed this myself when I was trying to be a part of that world. And I ended up going to the National Action Network, Al Sharpton's um, organization. And I went there thinking, I'm going to help. I'm going to be a part of. And it was a disaster. Honey, that's what happened to me. When I called myself volunteering with the NAACP, honey. That was a whole goddamn circus. All unorganized. Them folks only show up when yeah. the cameras are there. And when the cameras are there, they real active. Like, oh, yeah, cause this is what we're going to do. And this is what we demand. And this, that, and the third. But when them cameras are not there, they ain't coming nope. to none of the meetings. They ain't planning nothing behind yeah. the scenes. All they planning is they damn hair appointment and what time they yeah. going to show up when the cameras And what, what was sad that I noticed was uh, I think this was when Sean Bell had passed when I went out there mm-hmm. and they had everyone had their 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 um their posters and you know just screaming and hollering for the you know the justice of Sean Bell however 
you will also see other families with posters and signs of their loved ones that's not getting any media attention and Mm -hmm. i mean it was it was dozens of them that was like what about my baby what about her story what about his Mm -hmm. story and no one paid any attention to it and i remember this brother he was a photographer, a videographer. He didn't look like he was a part of a news channel, but he was there. And I was like, I want to help. I want to be a part of, like, you know, how can I be a part of it? And he looked me in my eyes, and he was like, let me see your eyes, sis. And I looked at him, and he said, maintain your truth. That's all you need. He said, forget everything that you see around you. Maintain your truth. And I was like, Wow. And I, I mean, I just kept walking around and just looking at things. And like you said, it's just unorganized. Everybody's in front of the camera. But when I walked inside National Action Network, it was a ghost town. Nobody was managing the business. Nobody was. Believe me, listen, I know. Because let me see. When Sean Bell had passed, I was on the youth council committee for the NAACP in Jamaica. Mm. So we was, you know, actively participating in you know, organizing the rallies, organizing, you know, stuff surrounding that. And some of the elders, you know, some of these public figures did not have an opinion, did not show up until it was like camera mm-hmm. action. And I was like, oh, I don't have this shit to do. Mm-hmm. Because are we really about making change or are we really just about to show yep. And many of us is just about the show. And that's why you got to be careful with who you decide to be with. Because some brothers just have an agenda. They know how to put on a show to get what they want. And then when they get what they want, the real them come out. And then you already stuck. Possibly with a baby. Possibly already living with them. So that's... It's, it's, it's crazy in these streets. We got to be careful. And we have to stay true to the truth within. If you know something don't look right, don't be okay with it just because it's benefits to it. Because that's where you get caught up. We all know, we all have that. in. We were born with the instinct of right and wrong. And the moment you decide to be okay with wrong because there's certain benefits, that's when your life, you start sabotaging your own life. And you become part of the problem. Mm-hmm. She talked about the brothers number three that joined the military. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, well, she's speaking on the good and bad of it. You know, some of the brothers, they join in. Well, really, she's speaking on the bad of it, how most of the brothers, they go in. And even though they get a lot of training and they get opportunity to take care of their family and they have loans and college grants and stuff, she talked about, they put them on the front line. And they're the first out. So you signing up to fight for a country that's also willing to kill you without a bat of an eye. You know, just, but here you go, carrying your ass on, like, oh, I got equal rights. I I could fight, too. I could do this, too. And a lot of the brothers, they have, because she explained, it's not within our nature of our man just to kill without cause, without purpose. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our brothers that's out there that's forced to kill mothers and children and families they don't come back saying they don't have it within them like the anglo-saxons mm-hmm. so a lot of them their minds are destroyed and they end up become alienated within their families and within society because they don't know how to get back to life they don't know how to get back to their before mm-hmm. and they have a lot of bad dreams and they feel guilty and she explains that you know this is 
this is something that they encourage our brothers to do, but we need to do better in just signing up for war. And I, I mean, to each his own, I do know some military men that they go in not on the front lines, they do the logistic path where they'll go in as a medic mm-hmm. or they'll go in, but they, they did some thought as to how they're going to go in. And then you have some brothers who they just, just sign in. Signing yeah. up. Mm-hmm. So she goes into four and five acceptance of politically affiliated jobs in the system. So this is the, the grassroots, um, the organizations that people create, the militant groups, where they mm-hmm. do for the community, they create the uh, the parks and the, the daycares and the free clinics and, and playgrounds, and they develop outreach programs. And she talked about how these Black leaders, that because they, they get all of this government funding and they start helping the community without the community having to pay. Because as I mentioned before, when you give people and they don't earn it, they become ungrateful. They become demanding. They become mm-hmm. comfortably dependent on free services. And they feel entitled. And they feel entitled. And that is, people should pay. You have, people should pay for things because when they get it for free, they don't value it. Mm-hmm. And she explained that most of our politically affiliated you know work you know it involves giving to giving our people free items and free services and she says that unfortunately it makes our people lazy ungrateful vindictive and greedy and that we have um we the welfare roles um it doesn't produce self-sufficient people it actually does the opposite and she said that the black men they're not capable of regulating laws to solve social problems um, such as racism. She said, when when we're collecting money from the government and then trying to create these free programs for our people, we all do it in in this so-called effort of improving us, but it doesn't work. And it hasn't been working. Mm -hmm. Honey, because the people don't show up. They show up, you know, you know, for a day or two, you know, they take advantage. But the thing is, if you don't have but so many participants, yeah. your thing goes away. You know, there's a whole lot of stipulations with that federal funding. Whereas even if you have participants, but if they make a dollar over that threshold, they no longer qualify. Like there's so many stipulations when it comes to it. And essentially our brothers give up. Like, I mean, it, and it's a hard thing to even try and take on, but I do agree with Kiva. That ain't nothing. Look, that ain't our business. We ain't put ourselves in no. the predicament. So it's not our business to, you know, really try and, you know, like certainly we should uplift wherever we can. But like Kiva said, that uplifting has to start yeah. with yourself. If everybody take responsibility for their own shit and get their life, we might be out. Right. Yeah. Because if you don't have it, you don't need it. If I can't afford to do it for myself, mm-hmm. I don't need it. I need to figure out a different way. I mean, those, those free programs and stuff, it because they haven't worked before, if it was really trying to develop self-sufficient people, they would have it where you have to do some sort of work to even get the free program, just to put that, you know, so you mm-hmm. can earn something, but they don't have it. And then unfortunately, a lot of the organizations, they start off with these great, 
intentful, you know, meaningful, purposeful projects. But then once the grant have all of these stipulations of how the money is supposed to be received and what the program is supposed to do, people start skimming off the top. Like the whole purpose end up getting lost within the business. So, you know, they, she just, she, uh, Sister Shavazar, she just highlight, like, look, although this has been the, the task of how we function uh, with our programs that we, um, we create and get funded by the government, as y'all can all see, they haven't worked. <laughs> we need, we need to do different. She said, number six, joint ethnic organizations. So these organizations is not just federally funded. This is more so like the NAACP's, um, the Student for Democratic Society, like these organizations. And she talks about how, you know, they're developed um, supposedly to help um, the black men and women. And even the Black Panther Party. That falls up under yeah, even the Black Panther Party. She talks about, you know, how they were out there letting everybody know, you know, who their enemy was and, and calling people, calling the, the whites pigs or the police, the law enforcement pigs and how they wanted to try their best to um, improve the black race. But as they started allowing all sorts of walks of life to join the program and to join the Panther Party, that's including the white folks in, in the mix of it all, things started to get a little wary. And she said the only thing that really... Excuse me, guys. Do you think it really matters if you're a good person or not? I was once told I had to let go of my ego in order to fly free. I was once told I had to let the past be in order to see. I was always told to let go and let God. Love another, but don't worship. It's gonna hurt because people hurting. It's gonna hurt, but you keep working. That's for certain, that's for certain. Just keep planning for the future, soaking up the past. Scared to show your cards, this time will it last? Crying over spilled milk, never cleaned it up. You can be persistent and they swear it all was luck. Thoughts feed the brain while the brain feeds the vision. You can make a choice but have no choice in the decision. All this supervision, what they call a prison. Faith oversight, no pursuits, only mission. Little satisfaction in the words that you say. You can build a house with all them lies that you lay If I had my last dollar, promise wouldn't split it Faith oversight, no pursuits, only mission And every little thing that you do And every little thing that you say Spins the web you're crawling Makes the bed that you lay And every little thing that you do And every little thing that you say Spins the web you're crawling Makes the bed that you lay Harm will play a role in your life though What you came here with and what you write though Hard to practice love fighting over wrong or rights There's no dark just lack of light Sent the truth on the last flight No clarity, no sight Let's not fight Let's not fight But peace don't mean that I'm weak 
tough don't make you strong The eyes tell the whole soul the story of your song Little satisfaction in the words that you say You can build a house with all them lies that you lay If I had my last dollar, promise wouldn't split it Faith over sight, no pursuits, only mission, oh And every little thing that you do And every little thing that you say Spins the web you're crawling Makes the bed that you lay And every little thing that you do And every little thing that you say Spins the web you're crawling Makes the bed that you lay Sister Shabazad, she talks about, you know, the the Black Panther Party. And she explains how, you know, once we invite other people in the mix, things started getting messed up. Um, She said the only thing that really, when the the whites joined the party, that's when the black men. And you know what? Yeah, because, you know, we have this thing about us that need to cut the fuck out. You know, and I think I had mentioned this in one of our previous shows. You know, when we see a white person, Caucasian, Anglo-Saxon, whatever the fuck you want to call them, when you see one of those type of folk who, you know, can dance like us or sing like us or, you know, have a cool kind of personality, we go, oh, oh, he black too. Or, you know, um, he with us. Like, all of this, um, even from the whole calling Bill Clinton the first black president. Like, what? I know. All this damn buffoonery. We always looking for acceptance from them, and we're always looking for a way to let them know, hey, we accept you too. Like, ugh. And that is a problem, a total problem. Because she has, I, I don't know if she, I think this, I mentioned this a bit too early, but she was like, you know, the only thing that that actually helped is these interracial relationships. Because once the, the white woman started to join, the party it became you know brothers started to be a white woman and you know that integration kind of mm-hmm. even diluted the black family even more she also talked about the arts how brothers come um nigger rich they become successful off of their mm-hmm. art and in doing so they start wearing yeah. dashikis made and start pain. spending a large sums of money for material possessions all of this still doesn't collectively help us as a people. It's just one person's mm-hmm. ability to move up the ranks. But And that's one of the things that um, Dr. Claude Anderson, he mentions it too, that when you see one of us doing so well, that doesn't mean we as a collective are. That's that one person. That's how mm-hmm. we need to envision what um, Sister Kahawia mentioned when you know a white man seems cool and he can dance or whatever. And then we're like, oh, he's a brother. Is all his family brothers? Because a lot of times I I don't mm-hmm. have many, um, and it's unfortunate, but I really don't have any, I don't have a multicultural friendship group. Like most of my people are what you would call black. And the ones that I did befriend mm-hmm. who were Anglo-Saxon, we were only friends at the work, at the work site or immediately mm-hmm. after work. But I was never mm-hmm. invited to the home into their home and you know <laughs> so there was a separation there you know i know some 
now my man he's in the military and he claims to have um anglo-saxon friends but i don't see him with these friends yet they he claims that he speaks to them that they were close in the military and they catch up here and there but you know and i and i hate to put race on it to that degree because sometimes we feel like i feel like we are feeding the system when we operate on that level but it's not is not in a way to think like okay i can't befriend someone from another race no i'm not when we mentioned that we're not saying mm-hmm. that we're talking about everyone has an agenda all cultures have an agenda a collective mm-hmm. agenda as to what they want to do for their people how they want their future generations to be as a black people, we really need to figure out our agenda. And then when we have our agenda is mm-hmm. not to ex- share and expose with the world. Like this podcast that I'm doing here, right. I don't have it where I'm just out like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Check in, tune in. Because the work is too important for me to highlight it in a way like I'm trying to just get mass attention. No, I'm trying to mm-hmm. figure out how can I solve a problem and and when you solve problems that is such so intense as this you tend to do it in the preview it's not something that you just put out mm-hmm. in public and a lot of what sister Sharazad has shared that's where a lot of our full our faults come into play especially with our brothers they just go out there trying to make it because <laughs> everybody want to be seen folks yeah. want attention folks want attention because they're not used to having any both want attention because they don't get it wherever they come from. They don't get it at home, so they're looking for it in public. Or they get it in the public, but now they're looking for it at home. So they do everything extra in public to try and initiate that attention back at home. Like, it's always something with us, honey. But like you said, Kiva, we do not do this for... No. And the people who are with the arts, a lot of times they can't even maintain their material a lot of times is stolen or purchased only for a few dollars look at look at so-called mm-hmm. hip-hop today even jazz girl you put in some what they mm-hmm. do kenny, kenny g i hate i don't put no damn kenny i mm. hate that anytime you mention jazz even black folk talking about kenny g what mm-hmm. it's like of all the damn jazz musicians out there um i mean even hip-hop rap we're, we're everything that we create they tend to take acknowledge that while we teaching our you know we, mm-hmm. we teach all cultures the the what we do or how we get it done twerking i mean it's <laughs> it's amazing how we're imitated the most and we don't have control over everything over anything but i guess that shows our royalty standing because that's what we used to do we used to teach everybody we were we are the parent people of humanity so some things are just innate can't get away from it um number eight you know what some things yes so some things you can't get away from but there are many of us who still you know facilitate that shit like who still be like oh this is my white friend or this is my whoever friend and let me put you on you know like some of us do it for that attention like that attention from that other perspective yeah per se like so it's like whether you be asian whether you be anglo-saxon whatever the fuck your ethnicity is some of us are still 
looking for that. No, you're right. Because you have sisters that they want to mate with brothers who have light skin and long hair because they want the attention for their child. They're like, I want my kid to look exotic. Mm -hmm. I want my kid to look cute. Well, I have the intent, I want to get more connected with my bloodline and my ancestors and the spirit of them. So I want a black man. Honey, because let me tell you something. My black man is dark and beautiful. And I tell him all the time, when we have children, I want our babies <laughs> to be your complexion. Because I'm a little on a, I'm in the middle somewhere. I want my baby to have his complexion. I want my babies to be so melanated and beautiful. Even if they come back, you know, um, even if they come out blue, black, yeah. purple, I'm okay with that. I want my babies to have his complexion or darker like I'm just so and we have to teach that Ooh. to our babies because I taught my daughter that the darker is the better when she was a little girl I used to show her beautiful chocolate black men and, and to a point now that she's older or a little older from when I first started teaching her she sees the beauty of dark men you know we, we're, we're the first teachers so mm. we have to highlight our beauty and we have to be proud of it um Number eight, drugs, prison, and society dropouts. Some of these brothers fall into mm -hmm. this lifestyle where, you know, is they're just thinking about the now. They're not thinking about the future at all. These are the brothers. Mm -hmm. And their future includes, you know, looking fly for a little bit, but they know they end up dead or in jail, but they still continue yeah. that lifestyle. And they're, and they're down for shoplifting, Thuggery, shooting, murdering, which is insane. Ninety-nine percent is done by their own people. So they don't. Even though we have enemies all over the world, we only do the harm to our own. And that's because we've been trained to do so. I mean, because you know, because people, people are trained to shit yeah. where they lay, you know, or to shit where they eat. And it's so unfortunate. But brothers who decide to live this, you know, black world underground lifestyle, you know, they become absentee in the family. And we don't have our husbands. We don't have our brothers. We don't have our uncles, our, our nephews, because they're in jail. And that destroys the black family. And, you know, she explains that mm -hmm. their absence from the community, you know, it contributes to, to the to the dysfunction that we currently have. And unfortunately, some of us think that our black men deserve for having those stiff prison sentences that's given upon them. And that's again, because they integrate into society, which is unfortunate because when you do research, you will see that a black man can do the same crime as a white man and get 10 years where that white man would get one. How can you say color don't matter? Or you will see how, right. Or even, you know, you'll see like in the nature of the crime, you'll see a black man robbed a store, got $25, ain't had no gun or nothing, but he got life. And then you'll see a white man then rape yeah. 50 children. And he yeah, and, may, and, and maybe not even that. When I Googled, and I mean, Google it yourself, the billionaire rapes his own daughter. Did not serve mm -hmm. any time and admitted no it time. that he did it. But but Warren Buffett, no the the um, director, the producer of movies, raised his child mm -hmm. as his child and married her. No time, Nothing. no sex offender registry. And Bill Cosby. 
In jail. <laughs> in jail. And you got black folk walking around talking about he shouldn't have did it. He was wrong. What? Yeah, we mm. we we we're do- totally. Yes, wrong is wrong, but until you see wrong as equal, as much listen as bad as folks want to be equal. And he and, and honestly nowhere. speaking, I don't even and, and this is this is my personal humble opinion. I don't believe none of that crap with Bill Cosby. Black men when they got money, because all them damn witnesses, I don't know where. Out of nowhere. And when you have money and fame, them women are up for it. They know what it is. Why he got to drug anybody to get anybody? He's at the promise. People are giving it to him for free. Are you kidding me? And if I decide to do drugs and you doing drugs too, now is date rape? Come on. In right. the industry, it's not, you know when you in, the, in that world. It's not, it's not you, you fight to get into the circle. It ain't like that door is just open to you. You mm-hmm. fought to get there and you get there and they give you an option. It's either you going to do this to get that or you do that to get this or you can go home. Nobody forced you to do that. He ain't mm-hmm. hold you down, tied you down, restrained you. You chose to do that. And then you're going to say, well, I felt like, you know, he's yeah. responsible. No, fuck out of here. And that man is in jail. It's a damn shame. And it's so sad because the black community turned their backs on him. But you know what? Bill Cosby was too, in my, in my humble opinion, he the work he created with the Cosby Show was was beautiful. However, it still did. It, he acted as if color didn't matter, but he got his nigga wake wake up call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honey, real quick, <laughs> damn, because that show was beautiful, mm-hmm. but they really omitted the mm-hmm. true history of race. And how we and how, and what's going on with us as a people? He he made it seem like you know. Listen, that show further perpetuated the fantasy, the of fantasy of us fantasy. coming together. <laughs> that yeah, we can be that does not exist. Nine and ten developed a lifestyle rooted in social and sexual integration. So she talked about the NAACP and you know how brothers was mixed up with white women and how they you know. Be, end up having relationships with one another for the so-called cause and she said that mm-hmm. you know fewer um of their choices fostered the retention of black culture because it was kind of getting diluted you have so many people joining the cause nobody knows what's the true purpose anymore and she talks about um well you know what says hello hello okay let's take a praise break Okay. Okay. <laughs> go ahead, let's do it. Okay. So I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. We done made a habit flipping nothing in the sun. Triple every dollar dog, I put that on my mama. Ooh, I think they like me cause I talk about my commas. If I had to do it to it, I'd be frontline with the llama. So I suggest you act right or get left. Uh. Kill him with the baseline, treble clef, uh, put it in the stocking, then we ship it overseas And when that Fetty came back, it was more than what we needed So I suggest you play your part and get it to him, what we doing? 
Shooter is the trap, the nappy head is super duper If you ain't rolling with us, then a ticket you against us And you better keep your cool and keep it moving, hope you're listening Let me break it down for a second, wait, wait You and I are not the same, split the cake, I'm out Lady motor on his pose of snakes, uh, don't know why they hit me I'm just trying to elevate the beast in love, but don't mistake it If you got it, get it, shake it, nigga, this is what you want We can get into it if you trying to build your world I can put you in direct connection with the plug Yeah, you need it until I put you on let me break it down for a second, wait, wait You and I are not the same, split the cake and all the lady Molded on his pose of stance, uh, don't know why they hear me And you tryna elevate the peace and love, but don't mistake it If you gotta get it, shake it, nigga We were talking about the um, developed uh, the brothers who develop a lifestyle rooted in social and sexual integration. So this brother, you know, he he even though he may support the NAACP, he tends to be the brother that wants to just get along with society. He wa- he he wants you to pride him for his first Negro accomplishments. He likes that he's able to move up the ladder, and even though he may be very um, socially um, affluent and able to have friends and, and constituents of other cultures, he tends to not have a great relationship with the, the children and the mother of his children because he's barely there to help raise the family because he's too focused on just moving on up within his career. And Because um, mm-hmm. in his mind, mm-hmm. the Lord made us all. So we all mm-hmm. eat, we all people. They all my brothers in spirit. No matter what race, ethnicity, yeah. culture you belong he, to. So he does he he's like same. forget what you know. I don't care if a brother shoots another brother down a block. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Judge me on my personal merits, my individual merits. You know, don't include mm-hmm. me. Judge mm-hmm. me based on my degree. Judge me based yeah. on my good job. Judge me based on everything that I say is positive about me. Don't, don't yeah, judge so me. He, so he's uh, he's omitting black culture, or at least he's not an, a true advocate of black culture because he's not trying to have any um, of the of the culture values and traditions uh, passed on to the next generation, and even even purifying it so it can be better for the next generation. He just feels that he just has to do his own his own thing. Yeah, because he's so busy focused on all of the holidays that don't yeah. pertain to him and everything else that don't pertain yes. to him. Get the book, guys, because when we say this is a textbook, it is a textbook. It is loaded. And we skimming through exactly. for the purpose of this show. So you still got to get the book. Exactly. We are leaving out a whole lot. Um, Sister Shavazar, she talks about what the slave master used as a two-level process to force the black man into developing amnesia so he could be a tool for labor because pretty much everything that she describes this disney world effect of going into those 10 different categories we and you know mm-hmm. what speaking of that since you brought that back up she describes it as floundering and i'm glad that she mentioned that <laughs> word again because you know in our book you were floundering like a motherfucker and now they're some flounders <laughs> floundering so, in all these different <laughs> jobs descriptions or purposes in life Exactly. And they become a tool for labor because in all 10 of those categories, we still, or he still ended up working for 
the white man or produce or on working his agenda. Mm-hmm. She says the first level consisted of physical trauma. And, you know, that was the, the cramped space mm-hmm. that we endured when we were on the slave ships. By the way, one of them slave ships the ship. called Good Ship Jesus. Uh-huh. And Jesus and Christ, lead too. Right and they boarded us on a ship, mm-hmm. on a ship as Eve 1, Eve 2, Eve 3, Adam 1, Adam 2, Adam 3. But we'll continue. Disor- mm-hmm. Do your own research. We Do could be wrong. Disorientation. Um, the black man being removed from the familiar familiarity of his geography, where he actually came from. He doesn't, you know, he's not familiar with the climate, with the wildlife. He's far removed from what he knows. Um, she says hostility, how badly he was mistreated and disrespected, rough handled, chained. Um, he became helpless because he could not defend the brutality of his mother, woman, and children. So that was the first. Mm-hmm. He couldn't even defend himself. Exactly. Was supposed to rape his mother. Oof. And that's that chattel slavery that we don't talk about, which Caribbean folk always like to slander American folks and compare American family structures to the Caribbean family structure. However, I tell Caribbeans all the time, the slavery that y'all practice in the Caribbean was not as harsh as the slavery that was practiced here. Now, I know mm-hmm. that there was some slavery that was practiced in the Caribbean that was really harsh, like far as in um, um, Brazil, where they were re... I mean, the enslaved blacks there, they weren't surviving a year before they gave them another shipment of people to just have them survive a year and then just keep reloading them as if it was like a, a robot. However... Um, the mm. most Caribbean slavery, they were able to know where the family was. They knew where grandma, or auntie, or uncle, if they weren't on the same plantation, they was able to keep in contact. Chattel slavery in America, they brought us like dogs. We didn't know who our mama was, who our daddy was. We mm-hmm. were, we are the founders of individuality. Like, yo, I need to get the, the hell up out of here. How can I figure this out? You know, that's since a five-year-old, a three-year-old, a two-year-old, you just live in a world as an enslaved person, told you're ugly and have to be a stool for your master's foot, and you don't know who your parents are. So when you fast forward that to our so-called freedom, and now we're able to have a job and, and a house to live with our now family, well, I don't know how to function with these people. I even didn't even really know them you know, generations of knowing them. So mm-hmm. we got to be more kind and do some research and understand that, you know, when someone doesn't know how, that's your opportunity to teach, not degrade them. Um, She said, so that was the last step of the first level. The first now level. the second level, and remembering the second level, this is the level she calls this, what the slave master did to the black man to help him develop amnesia and just become a tool for labor. Because a lot of our... And and more devastating than the first. And this is just a reminder, brothers. Brothers are out here just trying to make a living, take care of their family, but they have forgotten what was done to them. And she is trying to awaken your memory bank and for you to remember what was done to you so you can have a more purposeful life versus just trying to work for the family, get drunk, and then that is your life. 
That is your essence of being. That is all you aspire mm-hmm. to be. And you happy and okay with that. She said that he was prevented from speaking his own language. And still is. Um, you know, so a lot of his mm-hmm. ideas, how he expresses his history, you know, is prohibited because he doesn't have the communication to actually do so. His name was about when you're in school, you know, a lot of times on social media, teachers will share some of the content, you know, like from their students and, you know, you'll have the student that's, you know, just clearly defiant in in regard to the institution that's trying to indoctrinate them, but it's some real shit and they get enough. They'll fail for their efforts to see things through their own eyes because they don't see yeah. it the way you taught them to see it. That is preventing you from speaking your own language. Yeah. It's one example. Because I know I, even within professional environments, I use slang. And, you know, I have people within my own race and other cultures that will try to correct me. And I'm like, no, that was, I said what I said and I meant how I said it. I'm bilingual. I speak formal standard mm-hmm. English and informal standard English. Honey, Ebonics is a whole language, and I do but not let nobody that, but we that only, shit for me. But we only feel comfortable in taking that stance because of our research. Because if I didn't read books like Dr. Amos Wilson, who taught me that, and listened to his lectures and, and listened to other scholars who backed his work, I would feel inferior if I was corrected because oftentimes other cultures, they like to make blacks feel dumb. And because that's been the propaganda of us, Mm -hmm. lazy, dumb, shiftless, incapable, when that is brought to your attention as that is you in the moment in time, if you don't have a memory bank that serve you well to say, hey, I ain't that, (laughs) you will believe them. If, if, if you only have what society told you who you was or who you are or where you came from. So it's so important. Well, I will say that's where I differ. So <laughs> having gone to school, you know, I, I went to the first college I went to, I went to for journalism back when I thought I wanted to be a journalist. Honey, I want to write. First of all, not only do I want to write like y'all, I want to write y'all <laughs> stories. So fuck that. And my one of my professors, you know, he would rip my writing to shreds, honey, because I didn't write like how he wrote. But I was like, okay, I understand you're teaching this newspaper class, Mm -hmm. but didn't you get fired from Newsday? Okay, nonetheless, here's what we're not going to do. So anytime I wanted to use my vernacular, my speech, I put quotations on it you know, just to suffice so that, you know, so that I could pass the class, but I was not by any means changing it, you know, um, and then it got to the point where it was like, okay, you don't want to hire me or you don't want me to intern at your magazine. Fuck you. Because you have your memory bank that serve you well as to who you are. Some of us don't. Some of us really believe that we are dumb, that we are incapable. You know, a lot of a lot of brothers and sisters in these streets, they talk a good game, but their self-esteem is very severely low. And because they don't 
in in tune themselves with raw history and information that will tell them who they are and the truth of who they are, they fall into the trap of believing the nonsense that's been told to them. Because don't get me wrong, I can articulate with the best of them. But I fucking choose to talk how the fuck I want to talk. You don't like it? Don't fucking listen. <laughs> don't read my shit, which you still gonna read it, but you just not gonna tell nobody mm-hmm. you read it. But that's cool too. Whatever. If that's your truth, handle up on your business. She I'm said the black man, his name was changed and that, you know, he ignores that. He ignores the fact that he was given a name. That's not from his forefathers, but from his slave masters, for his for his previous slave masters. And that, you know, he no longer is the same person when you are responding to a new identity in a new land and as a status as a slave. You're not you're not your true self. She said that the slave master, he abolished his religion. So he doesn't have, you know, whatever spirituality that he connected to prior to slavery, that's been gone. He's been stripped. He's been stripped yeah. of his identity and given a new one. And we've been, you know, behaving and practicing in this new identity. And she said, we clutch on to these European labels. We clutch to these European jobs, these traditions, these rituals, the European cultures that we adopted and transformed for ourselves. She said, you know, all of this is caught into our psyche and it explains why we're not unified because we're Frankenstein in this world. Um, She said that the only Mm -hmm. tradition that the slave master allowed us to keep was three things that we do all, the the, the only three things that when you think of black folks, this is what we tech, we pretty much just do. All entertainment, singing and dancing, games, sports, and competitions making jokes and playing a fool. And this is the this is the mm-hmm. this is the black man, the typical black man. And he and as black men Yeah, and women, the, this is where most of our money industry. comes from. Actually, when you talk about successful blacks, is 99% of the, 99% of the time this black person is in the entertainment field. If you're talking about successful blacks, mm-hmm. we that is the only field that they allow us to dominate. She explains that, you know, we became the ambassador of clowning and just general tomfoolery, even when, mm-hmm. and I noticed this in my culture, um, work culture, I work with a lot of black men and, um, excuse me, a lot of white men. And they think it's funny when a black person comes into the room, particularly, I'm talking about when I come into the room. And they're like, what up, calm girl? And I'm like, how you doing? <laughs> Mm. I try to mimic their their <laughs> language. Like, come on, you. And they're like, "What you mean? How I'm doing? Howdy." I'm like, "Howdy." They're like, "What you mean, howdy?" I'm like, "Well, you saw him. what up, hungry? <laughs> That's not how you talk. Don't talk to me in that manner because you're trying to mm-hmm. imitate my culture. You don't like your culture being imitated, so don't imitate mine. You know, but that that's something that mm-hmm. they do. And but you have a lot of brothers and sisters." Girl, you show is better than me, honey. Cause Lord, I wish a motherfucker at my job would call me some goddamn home man. I'm telling you, and but they <laughs> and and it's because oh, other man. people, other blacks that work have accepted it and say have and act like it's okay, shit. and 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 they become the clown of the group. 
The one that got the jokes smiling from ear to ear. Mm. And the thing is, what we don't understand is like, you know, back in slavery times when we was born here, our ancestors would do shit yeah. for survival. You know, so if you can make Master yeah. laugh, maybe he won't kill you today. Maybe he won't rape you today. You know, maybe he won't separate you from your family today. Like, it was for survival. And we turned that into a goddamn... Yeah. We act like it's hereditary. Blah, blah. We act like it's hereditary to be that way. Like... Yeah. Yeah. What? And, and I'm glad you said that because that's pretty much where it came from and we're just still practicing it. And maybe we don't realize that's where it comes from. You know what? I feel like I'm tired of, you know, maybe we don't realize. It's too much fucking information out there for folks not to realize. If you don't realize what the fuck is going on with your real life and what the hell has happened to you, you don't want to realize. And them, them motherfuckers, you need to separate yourself from. <laughs> at least me. I mean, I can't you, tell you, know, you what to do. Just... I'm telling you that there is too much information it's for true, folks to not Brothers know and sisters shit. are not taught to think. They're taught to regurgitate information or just to receive. You know, I, it, it's a rarity to question things that's been told to you, especially if mama and daddy told you or your grandma told you. Yeah, and they taught to receive mm-hmm. the shit that white folks is teaching them. Because if somebody like me or you come along and try to teach them some shit, they go, yeah. oh, them bitches is crazy. Something wrong with them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Stay away from them. Well, you know what? You right. Stay the fuck away from me. Because so, I don't have so you know, up until this point, Sister Shavazad pretty much has went into great detail to share how the black man's identity have been tampered with purposely. And she tries to help him rectify the behavior by encouraging the black man to change his name. Start there. Change your name. Mm-hmm. She said, but, you know, these are the excuses he tends to give. Um, you know, he, he said the name ain't important. It doesn't matter what they call me. She said, honestly, they're too embarrassed or ashamed to announce their new name to friends. They're afraid of rejection. They think that their name... Um, changing their name is disrespectful to the, their parents and family. Um, they don't want to really share their new name with church and coworkers or the clubs that they're associated with. They don't want problems at their jobs. They're emotionally connected to their Christian name. They don't know how to change their name. And they think that if they do so, it's going to give them problems with the IRS. And they don't know any African or Arabic names. These are the reasons why. However, she says still do it. <laughs> She said the IRS don't give the IRS doesn't care <laughs> about you changing your name. As long as you don't change that social security number, you all good to go. And she said the moment you change your name, mm-hmm. self-pride returns. So if we're still carrying the name of our, carrying the names of our former slave masters, she's saying that true growth can't occur. And this is something that, you know, hit home to me because I haven't formally changed my name. And I know that that was a path that, mm-hmm. I mean, when I went through um, the conscious community, because I'm not so much a part of the conscious community doing the the meetings as I used to in the study groups. I kind of, you know, I keep in contact with some of the people, but it's not as it was before. That was one of their teachings too, like change your name, start there, change your name. So I haven't done that formally, but mm-hmm. Sister Sharazad is definitely having that on my agenda. Because why not? 
why not create a whole new name that identifies you formally? It's different to just say, oh, well, this is my new name. You call me that. But it's different when you actually get paid in that name. You know, your bills come in that name. Mm-hmm. You have your coworkers responding to you with your different name. So, honey, show now. I guess sometimes because you be like, well, what happens if I change my name based on how I feel today? <laughs> and then next year, I don't even like that name. Or next year, I find a new name that's like, oh, yeah, this really explains how I feel. <laughs> I guess you just really start somewhere, start, you know. Not get caught up in but, the superficial shit. But it don't it don't cost <laughs> yeah, too much. Um, I love Sister Sharazar. She shared with us the history of the roots. Now, I didn't know that the roots was a book collection. I actually want to read the book. I only saw the the movies mm-hmm. um from the beginning to the end. My mother used to have the whole collection I was growing up and I saw the whole movie. And um Sister Sharazar, she explained how this work that Alex Haley did was one of the best work um, presented um, to us as a people because he really was capable and able to trace his personal family tree. And the way he documented the information and shared it with us all, it was amazing. You know, she explained that the work he did was outstanding, but she, she shined the truth on how our brothers show up when it comes to our people. And she explained that for this brother to identify that you know he showcased his family tree and he showed who the enemy was and she showed how they broke um kunta kente down into toby at the end of alex Haley's career he still was toby because he identified the real name mm-hmm. of his people and he didn't even bother to to take that name back and that was a bit disturbing and disappointing to me because i'm like that was one of the most powerful scenes. Like, you know, that brother was like, my name is Kunta Kente. Fuck you. And they beat the shit out of him. They destroyed him, cut off his mm-hmm. damn foot. And he still was like, I'm Kunta Kente. And until his, until his other black people was like, brother, you want to live? <laughs> like, you're going to have to just play the game. Like, bro, <laughs> play the game. So now Alex Haley, all these years later, he could have changed his name. And she said if he would have done that, that would have yeah. jump-started a lot of us in doing the same, but I'm sure the founders of The Roots probably weren't all, all Black that helped um, support his project. I'm assuming I could be wrong, and they probably wouldn't even have had... Mm-hmm. I don't know if Alex Haley thought to change his name or if he or if he was afraid. Listen, if you could think to do all that damn research and find your family, I don't know why you wouldn't want to. So... I would have to say, and again, my opinion, I would have to suspect that, like you were saying, that there was Mm -hmm. more to that with, you know, who helped him fund, you know, the book, the movie, you know, like who he probably didn't want to help him with all of that. Mm-hmm. What he was well, in contract it, for? It probably you know, could have just been simply like, he didn't want to ruffle any feathers. He already ruffled the feathers, giving the information out there. He didn't want to because as the roots continue, if I remember correctly, they showcase again the white man helping. Um, at the end, and the bloodlines mm-hmm. got lighter and light because all of the sisters started being real light. <laughs> Honey, there's always some white vigilante yeah. that's like the savior that is always showcased more so so that we always looking for 
some white yeah. vigilante. You know, that's why we have to remember our history. There's a great, great YouTube um, video. I don't think I said I was going to send it to you. I don't think I did, Kahawia, but I got to send it to you. Um, is by Dr. John Henry Clark, and it's titled "You Have No Friends." <laughs> and it is a, such a great, great YouTube video. It's only like thirty minutes long, and he get, he always give you a great history lesson. Um, because he is considered a master teacher when it comes to our history. Because when he was a young man, he had noticed that we were clearly, purposely um omitted out of history and he's like why for them to purposely do it there has to be a reason for it um and he did the, and he dedicated his entire life mm-hmm. uncovering our history and teaching it to us and he has a video um called you have no friends and it is it is powerful i'm gonna have um uh, sister kahawia uh post it it's 35 minutes long but is a worthy video to watch and this is towards the end of his life um when he recorded this video um so yes because we we don't we don't have any friends when we relate our story to others because others were voluntary immigrants we have a special history of coming to america we were forced to come here and we have to remember that every you know People who they always want to talk about some Ellis Island and, and how they came and how life was hard. You okay, life may be hard, all of that, but there is a difference between being forced not only to be servitude to everyone else, but also have a propaganda of illusions telling you that you're not even a people, you're not even a part of the human race. Mm-hmm. It's and to keep the no, true history that you were actually the parent people of humanity, that you taught them how to civilize themselves in their part, because we're scattered all four parts of the earth. So how you how you do that to a people, remove their entire memory of who they are and replace it. And to continue to watch their damn documentaries on damn History Channel. Were they going back to all these places and act like they discovered that was already it's, in. it's hard for me to sit through any uh, um history channel series about us. I ha I I solely mm-hmm. if you are a whistleblower or you are a person who sacrificed your life in sharing information and you done lost your job because they fired you for sharing that's the person I want to listen to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I want to listen to a motherfucker who ain't on TV, <laughs> who ain't got no documentary. <laughs> That's the information I want to hear. Exactly. <laughs> um, she said that you know Caucasian boys, they're grown up and surrounded by accomplishments of their ancestors, and our brothers, they're not. And as responsibility of mothers, there are tons of um movies and cartoons that we can put on for our children to learn about themselves. I love Curie Cool. It's about a um a young um boy who birthed himself and saves his community. Black boy. Um they also have mm. the Sky Princess. Um it talks it, it's a it's a uh, a princess, a black princess, a young girl who learns the importance of family and what is true um, what is the true value in life versus following gold and, and silver? There's also 
Um, another one that's really good for children. I have to ask my daughter. Her father put her onto it. I can't. The, the word escapes me now. But you can you can research and look for videos that show themselves, so they don't have to aspire to be someone unlike themselves. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna get back to you guys with that that video. It's such a cute video, and all this stuff is on YouTube. It's free. When I become um, a fan of something, I tend to just buy the material straight out, so I don't have to worry about streaming purposes and stuff like that. But um, definitely check out Kiri Cool mm -hmm. um, and the Sky Princess. Um, Sister Shabazad, she just you know she speaks into how. Our brothers, they're not prepared to lead the tribe in any direction because he's lost. He's lost in his wants and he's in just in this world of just blaming, you know, others, but he doesn't have no plan. And she explains that, you know, some black men, they mm -hmm. attempt to reclaim their culture by joining certain organizations. So she talked about the, them joining the, the Masons. And how they, you know, they have to do certain mm -hmm. rituals and practice certain secrets um, to move up the ranks within the Masonic Lodge. Um, and that they attain certain degrees of knowledge and they pay, you know, dues and stuff. And it's all in the respect of building the Masonic Order. Uh, she said that um, brothers, if they don't join the Masons, they tend to also join the fraternities and um when they join mm -hmm. and they call themselves the yeah the black greeks the yes. black greek and um which i mean oh you got to listen to dr john henry clark because he just teaches so much about our history because he talk about how the greeks they, <laughs> they they would just they they just they are people who stole the history of the chemites who was us but um in any event, mm -hmm. um, the fraternity brothers, you know, she explained what I didn't know. She, um, she went in to explain the initiation process. And to sum it up quickly, brothers choose to be a mason or join a fraternity so they can be able to get a good job and be able to take care of their family. Like, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. Honey, they break you down. To build you up with well, the, the principles exactly. that they you. And they practice the same principles that the slave masters practice on us. They talk about the fraternities. Sister Shavazar talk about what the fraternities do. She said that the mm -hmm. fraternities are now, in looking at TV and certain shows, you see moments of this, but I didn't know the breakdown of it. She said that the examples of the rights um, for fraternities and sororities, what they go through, she said is tar and feathering. This is when they have our black men and, and women nude and they actually get tarred and feathered. And this is supposed to be symbolic of the slave experience after being recaptured from running away. She said um, they practice the meal where they have to eat some kind of slop. And that is what the slaves was forced to eat and survive. She said they have to walk Mm-hmm. So imagine how, you know, many of us yeah. like eating chitlins now all of a sudden. Yeah. We was fed uh -huh. the chitlins, which is damn pig intestines. 
we was fed that as as our only source of meal and now here we are just mm-hmm. enjoying it buying it on purpose mm-hmm. and eating it tearing it up oh i found that it me it's called it's called tinga tinga eat no folks Tinga Tinga Tales and it's African mm. folklore. And it tell the the um it, it tells the stories are about how animals came to be, but there are messages in between. So, you know, don't just put on anything for your babies, is all I'm saying. To have try to focus in on um to have it to be something that they learn. Um, Sister Kahawia had called me earlier offline, and my daughter and I just watched one of these shows, and she asked her, What did you learn? And my baby said, I don't know. <laughs> she wasn't able to articulate it. But, and I asked her too. And I was surprised that she wasn't able to take away from it. But the experience. But you know what? In her defense, mm-hmm. she did say, well, I only watched a little bit of it. She said, maybe she if I finish the whole thing, I might learn something. <laughs> but right now, I didn't learn nothing. <laughs> so she was very articulate. She said, I ain't finished it yet. Yes. Let me finish it and then come back and ask me. Yes. <laughs> Let's go on a quick praise break because uh, um Honey Child is knocking on the door for my attention. I don't love you as hard as I do because I'm lonely. I love you so hard because I'm ready. Ready to love you in ways that'll show you I've grown into a woman capable of loving who you are. Ready to be enthused about being focused. Ready to bring forth life and peace in an effort to soothe chaos. I love you so hard because there's no other way to tend to your heart. No other way to nourish your soul than to feed it with the passion rooted deeply within me. My love, I'm ready. Um, so we're back. We left off with the meal. So the next one, she said they tend to walk through Mm -hmm. fire. And this is reminiscent of walking over a hot desert to civilization someplace in Africa. So the Africa actual excuse me the actual fire is mm-hmm. used and the enlistees must prove their sincerity by walking through the fire sometimes barefoot so if you get burnt you get burnt and you get burnt for the cause so they strip you of who you was to make you your new identity and now if you survive and you prove that you willing to be this new person now that's gonna be you now which don't say a part of being that new person if you don't pay your dues yeah you shunned upon. No, and it's and there's some few but, others, but it's really no. I mean, there's no need to share get the book so you can, you know, learn of all the others, but yeah. Because all of that is a business like yeah. none other. And she explained that all of these, so. you know, the Masonics, um, the fraternities, they still do not have a true agenda for the collective of black folks. And they are still confused because mm-hmm. they blend European views and ideologies within these organizations. And they undermine any real significance mm-hmm. as to what has been done to us during slavery and after slavery. And that we still have 
no real plan to get out of the the inferior state that we're in because everyone else is operating on the on a solo accord as to who they are as a people. You speak to other cultures, they know who they are and where they come from. We can't even identify a name. The point that we got to even figure out our personal names. <laughs> we don't even have a name to describe us as a people. I was listening um, to Yash Karat today and he was like, you know, we're so messed up that we still call it Africa, Africa. Knowing that Africa was named af- after mm-hmm. a Roman general, but we still call it Africa, Africa. So it's like, <laughs> you know, we have a huge, huge, huge um, plight and disconnect. Yes. Disconnect. And the generation before us, I think they did a great job in just, in just helping us identify that we have this problem because brothers and sisters kind of forgot. They just had straight up amnesia. They wasn't even looking at this. Some were, but not as a, not as a whole. Mm-hmm. And we still not as a whole focus. You still. No, no, not in great numbers. So while the numbers increase or decrease, whatever the majority is still stuck on La La Land, stuck being of the yeah. world in the entertainment industry. The majority of us are more concerned with Beyonce and whatever the hell she doing with her life than the direction. And the so our black brothers, they have to start putting in some work and doing some research on as to who they are. And if they don't, they'll continue to have a foreign identity, which explains why they won't be able to come together. So, yeah, this is this book is heavy. It's not when mm. <laughs> Sister Kahari and I started reading it, we kept speaking offline, like, yo, this is not how our book was written. Like, <laughs> our book was like, it was just such a, it was a different <laughs> tone. This book is like, she's all about business and she's not attacking the ego of the man. She's really kind of just sharing the information in a way for him to see the business aspect of what he needs to do. Where she attacked our our ego straight up, so you know it's a it's, it's a difference mm-hmm. in how she shared. But I appreciate it. We'll see how this go. We at chapter three now. Unless there's something more you want to discuss, I didn't say it all, <laughs> and I probably said too much. <laughs> we just yeah, gonna go so that's on apparent. chapter three. No, it's not. It's page 47 to 58. So that's about 10 pages. Not long at all. And that is called appearance. So we're going to read about the appearance of our brothers. So, so far we uncovered his babyhood and how his babyhood and identity is all messed up. (laughs) We got to do better as mothers um, with our our young sons because we're his first teachers. So, you know, how the man that we choose for our sons and the information and images that we put around our sons, we have to really um, be more mindful and focused in how we handle our, our babies and teach them. Because if we really trying to prevent another confused generation within your own bloodline. Because remember, it's not about saving the world. It's about saving your family and your own psyche 
And then by you saving yourself, it becomes you end up producing other mutants. These people are going to follow you. When I went natural, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you teach your offspring, you teach those around you. And, you know, the cycle will then continue. Kahabia, when I went natural, natural wasn't direction. popular among everybody. My mom... My mom ended up going mm-hmm. natural. You, I, I a lot remember. of people started going. And it wasn't that wasn't the trend when I first did it. I, well, because when <laughs> you went natural, girl, you cut off your hair, <laughs> and I was like, "Shit, I'm gonna go natural, but I'm gonna transition." <laughs> when I heard that you could transition, I was like, "All right, I'm gonna do that." I went bald. I ain't going bald. <laughs> I was like, "Hell no!" That was too. Um, <laughs> Too drastic for my liking, <laughs> so I kindly transitioned smoothly, you know, <laughs> until it got to you know um to a point where I really just couldn't take the textures anymore, and then I cut it. But by the but time you I cut transitioned it, I to let my shoulders, so I was but you little, transitioned, you know, and many other sisters in my life yeah. followed that lead too. You know, so be the change mm-hmm. you want to see. So chapter three appearance, we're gonna get to you guys. Mm-hmm. And didn't we list the episode like yes, that? Yes, that was you. That Be was your doing. I was repeating you your words. But listen, you is I and we is So I. we appreciate you guys for listening, really. Like this work, I hope you're able to follow along and you really get the book. And be intentful about the work that you're doing because it's not just about Kahawi and I, you know, our growth. Your growth is important too. And when you share with us, you're teaching us. So continue to to learn and grow. And those who have reached out to us asking for us to help you in your respective life, give us some time to figure out how we're going to manage that because we don't want to disservice you in any way. Um, As Sister Kahawi said, we're not therapists. We're not licensed practitioners, so we don't want to steer you in the wrong direction. But we're going to get back to you and how we can better help. So just know you are in our thoughts, and you're definitely on our agenda. All right, so I guess that's it. Lady y'all. What you feel, make sure you know the difference from your wants and needs. You like your free, so why not me? Just afraid of what's beyond the world we see. Knowledge is free, wisdom takes time. I got a lot of things that cloud up in my mind. No time to hide. Might heal what's inside. I fall in high, I fall in low. I get back up and keep it going. Got that soul. There is no flow, only see sky. 
bright, can be filled with a cup full of pain. My sleep close to the edge, shed the tears in the night. Use the pain as a ship set of chains. There's no name for the space in the mind that feels weak with help. They all call your name. Smoke some herb, have a drink, scream and shout. We might do, but to feel that would be insane. How about we change? Tired of saying. Mental chain. I know your pain. Walked in that lane. Can't repeat the steps and expect things to change. We fallin' high, we fallin' low. We get back up and keep it going. Got that soul. Oh,